0: back to learn it from a layman i am carl christensen i'm back with matt and cameron and tim i would like your vote cox
1: i would too and i'll pay you for it
0: (laughs) well that goes very well with today's topic then um today (laughs) we'll be (laughs) uh we will be discussing the basics of american government today um and we will be giving the uh, facts and background of the American government, not our particular uh, flavor or uh, ideas about American government. So once again, with the learner from layman, we try to keep it as factual as we can and still allow Tim on the podcast. <laughs>
1: it's a delicate balance
0: <laughs> um before we get into the to the topic today, though, I did want to mention that we had one of our, uh, a super fan reach out, uh, and, uh, we may have not addressed his question and request in a timely fashion. So I just wanted to let, uh, this fan know that, um, we are grateful for your support. And this is, um, so Ulysses Mendoza and, uh, his brother, uh, reached out while he reached out and for his brother. So, um, we're grateful you guys listen to the podcast. We have people all over the world listening, and uh, we try to stay up on these things. But as laymen, sometimes we get a little behind.
1: <laughs> but ulysses, you you will forever have the the honor of being first.
0: That's right. Um, all right, well, let's uh, go ahead and get started here with the uh, with the government podcast. So uh, the American government is, um, I guess the the first thing to address with American government is the um, type of government we have, and that's a a republic, a democratic republic. So, Tim, tell us a little bit about what a democratic republic is.
1: Okay, so, uh, and you guys feel free to correct, because I've totally not brushed up on this since, you know, my, I think, senior year. uh, No, wait. You are in your senior years. That's right. Actually, my freshman year of college, I remember. But uh, anyways, okay, so you've got, the idea is representation, government by representation. So the uh, the government is run by um, people elected by vote. And so you've got your, your three branches of the government, right? You've got the uh, legislative, the executive, and the judicial. I suppose we'll get into that in a bit. But the idea being that, decisions and policies and so forth are not formed by popular vote, but rather by representatives who are selected by the people who then make those decisions on behalf of their constituents, the people they represent is that what we Yeah yeah that's
0: pretty that's a pretty good uh, re- uh description of what a republic and a democratic republic is um, most republics are founded on a democratic principles the idea that uh the people vote for pe- uh, other citizens other members of the the uh, the the polis, uh, the, the group of, of uh, citizens there that uh, will represent them in the government to make the laws and, and rules for the society. So a republic, um, we don't vote directly for the laws. We vote for the people that vote for the laws. Um, now, as I think Tim Tim and I did, uh, oh, I don't know, it's been more than a year ago now, Tim, we did uh, a podcast about economic systems um, and how very often They end up to be a bit hybrid. Nothing is pure as far as uh, what uh, particular economic system different governments or different countries adopt. That's probably pretty true about uh, different government styles as well. Um, Because if you live in the United States, you know that sometimes you do vote directly for laws, at least at the state level. Um, Things that are on referendums or – various ways you can actually vote directly for a law versus voting for a person. Um, But that's not, by and large, how it's done. The vast majority of American government is done via uh, the representatives that are elected uh, to then go and and fulfill that function uh, that they were elected for. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, various functions that they are elected for. And so to do that, we need to discuss the difference between a state government and a federal government. Um, Matt, do you uh, want to regale us with the the difference?
2: Uh, The state government would be the government of the state that you are in in the United States, your state being a state. The federal government would be the government of all the United States, the government of the US as a nation rather than as an individual state. Yes, quite. So, uh, federated from federated. There we exactly. go. And,
1: exactly. And I I think now might be a good time to note that our current form of government uh was did not originate in 1776 or even after the revolutionary war. The um the the first um gov, you know, national government was the well, a confederation, right? It's a and it was uh, a.
2: It was a, oh, yeah, under the Articles of Confederation.
1: Yeah, right. yes. and, it, and it ended up being a much weaker um, federal government, a kind of a toothless, the, the power really lay in these states. And uh, after, what, about 10 years, give or take, they figured out this isn't working. And so they, um, you know, the, the founding fathers held the Constitutional Convention, convened it, and organized a... More uh, powerful federal government,
2: a more perfect union, if you will.
0: Indeed. Is that a, is that a unique phrase you've just come up with? Yes. Um, <laughs>
3: you, you learned it here on Learn It From a Layman. That's right. Copyright 1787, Tradebook. I believe, is when is that the when it was. Constitution. Yeah, I believe. I could be totally wrong, but I I feel that, right. that is.
2: We should almost. Right.
0: We should maybe look that up. <laughs> anyway.
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll
0: get right on that. Um, okay, so thank, thank you. Yes, yeah, so any, I guess any discussion of American government will get us back to the the roots of the government, and that was you know the post Revolutionary War, where the the colonies became the, their own nation, and then tried to figure out what that meant and how to govern themselves, and uh, took pieces from various uh, governments of the past, and and. Uh, ideas from various philosophers to put together a uh, particular government that they thought would be uh, both enduring and represent the people well. It was, as we know, imperfect. Uh, and we've been working on hope. Oh, well, OK, well that oh, it's changed since then. How about that? Um, so the um, the federal government is the like Matt said, the, the government that, that is in charge of the whole country so out we have a lot of listeners outside the united states i i would imagine and though i have not listened to a lot of news outside the united states the vast majority of news about the united states is um about the federal government or you probably don't hear of right yeah. as opposed to hearing uh, how you know the governor of arizona or the legislative body in arizona reacted to a particular uh topic or law so uh, the federal government is is the one that gets most of the of the press um the uh, elections um the federal elections are the ones that get the majority of the money and uh, and interest in them so um but the fa- federal government has particular uh, constitutional authority uh and the st- state governments have particular authorities and, and those um hopefully work together uh sometimes they push and pull against each other and that's been the case since the beginning of this uh this country Uh, back what tim was talking about you know if you've seen the uh uh hamilton production you know that even the beginning of the of the united states there were founding fathers that were for very state-centered rights and or state-centered powers uh, of government versus a uh, federal government where they didn't really trust the federal government. And so over the years, that has been a constant tug of war. Um, but that is the difference between a federal and a state government. Uh, now let's move on. So Tim already mentioned the various branches of government. So you have the judicial, the legislative, and the executive. Um, Cameron, do you want to tell us what the
3: judici-
0: judicial the judicial branch is?
3: <laughs> I, I just wanted to clarify. I did. Uh, uh, the it was the current constitution was written in 1787 and ratified in 1788. So, on pretty accurate. There you go. Yeah.
2: Okay. That's um, way better so, than. That. Most of our off-the-cuff
3: guesses. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, so the judicial branch um, make, basically makes laws. That's what they do. They well, enact, That's the
0: executive branch. Oh, sorry. The legislative sorry. branch is the one that makes the laws. Fine. They enforce laws. That's the executive branch. We're getting there, though. What do you mean? <laughs> the judicial branch is supposed to be the one that decides whether or not particular questions about the law uh, you know they they essentially they judge
1: well, they the judge, law they judge the law exactly. interpret right yeah
3: and That's so there the supreme is supreme court and right. other courts exactly.
1: yep and i think we can add to that that in, in the system of checks and balances the judicial branch also serves as a uh, an external um I don't know if mediator is the right word, but uh, sometimes a, as a check on on the other branches, where uh, and I, I some listeners may recall the 2000 election where it came down to a very it was a very close margin in in uh, in Florida, which would decide the outcome of the election, and and I believe that the in the end the Supreme Court ended up um, you know calling. or or deciding how, how it was going to play out. I don't recall the details, but you know, those kinds of things, the, this idea that one branch of the government balances power against the other. So, so the president gets to the, the executive branch gets to choose the, the judges of the, of the judicial branch, but they have to be ratified by members of the legislature, but then members of the, you know, the judiciary can uh, strike down, you know, laws passed by the legislature or, or actions by the executive and, and so forth.
3: And if this sounds confusing to the
1: rest of you, <laughs> it's confusing to most of the citizens of the <laughs> yes. United States. Sorry, it? I'm probably <laughs> not. It, 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 and I'm probably doing this all out of order. So, Carl, <laughs> no, 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 no that's so, good. And Kevin's no, no, right. Five.
0: <laughs> I, I think for most laymen, like you're familiar with the president. You know that there's a person that, that there's a, a senator, that there's a, you probably know what, that the House of the Repres- uh, of Representatives is a thing. Uh, but how they all interact is sometimes it, fodder for high school class and then you kind of forget about it. Um, but it's important to remember what their different roles are.
3: But and um, here, Here's a much better answer of what the judicial branch does. It interprets state laws, it settles legal disputes, it punishes violators of the law, it hears civil cases, um, protects individual rights granted by the state constitution, um, and determines the guilt or innocence of the accused of violating crimes of the laws of the state. Wikipedia for the win. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure Cameron just wrote that
0: right now. Um, <laughs> okay, yes. So judicial so much yes.
3: better <laughs> answer than what I said.
0: They're, right, they're the judges, and like yeah. So they they fill all of those things that Cameron just said, and the ones that we're the most familiar with, and once again get the most press because they apply to all of us are the the Supreme Court, which is the last stop in the law lo- in the the chain of judges. So if you have a problem with a law. Um, that is enacted by Congress and Congress is the exe- uh, sorry the legislative branch. Um, then you take it to a court and the judges there decide right. And then if you don't like their decision or if you feel like you have grounds that they made the wrong decision, you can continue appealing. Appealing is moving that, uh, the, that decision that they made to a different and higher court that has more authority. And the, that la- the buck stops with the Supreme Court that's the highest court of the land. And when they make a particular ruling, that is as far as that can go. Um, and the judicial branch. So the judicial branch is the only branch where you have by and large unelected elected officials. Uh, I think you do sometimes vote for judges on your local, on the ballot. If you fill out a local ballot, you'll see some of your judges, whether, um, but by and large, like Tim said, they're, they're, appointed by the executive branch. Executive branch is the one, once again, I think outside of the country and even inside the country, we generally associate with the government and that's your president or governor. Um, So the president is of the federal government, the governor is of your state government, and they are the ones that execute. Thus executive comes from execute. Uh, That means they uh, enforce the law. They, They bring it into action. They um, so once the legislative branch writes a law, a bill before it becomes law uh, and votes for it, and then it passes on to the either governor or president to become a law, at which point that elected official can decide whether or not they want to sign that if they do not sign it um, or they can do what's called veto it. They veto uh, means we're not doing the uh, my branch is saying, no, I'm not doing this. Um, My branch of government, that is. And so that can will then go back down to the legislative branch or back over, I guess, to the legislative branch and the legislative branch, if they can get enough votes for it, can override a veto. That means that if the legislative uh, group, a body of of, uh, elective representatives feel strongly enough about a particular issue up to the point of, you know, it's usually three quarters, um, I believe. Uh, you can override a veto, an executive veto. So if the president says no, the ex- legislative can, a branch can still say, actually, yes, we are having this uh, it's law. Two thirds. Two
2: thirds? That close. Be wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, the veto rests only with the legislative. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting confused. The veto executive. is a power that's given to the executive branch. If that's different from the authority that the legislative branch has to rule a law as unconstitutional or invalid. Uh, right. Well, that's the judicial branch that has that power. Right.
0: Yeah. Did I get that wrong again? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> the judicial branch can take a look at a, a law that the, the legislative branch came up with and was signed into law by the executive branch and say, Actually, guys, according to the Constitution of the United States or the Constitution of the state of you know, Utah or Arizona, what you made a law is illegal. You can't that we don't have the right to do that or that's uh, violating people's rights or whatever that is. Um, and so that the judicial can then say, nope, that's not a law anymore. Um, And so this is, like Tim was saying, the checks and balances of the executive branch pushing back against the legislative branch, legislative branch pushing back against the executive branch, the judicial branch pushing back against both branches. So um, there are various reasons that you want this. And to some degree, you want um, these branches to uh, have this tug of war, because if everyone agrees, you can get uh, an issue where uh, certain rights of individuals can be uh, trampled. And so you want, to some degree, these checks and balances to hold in, in, in uh, check the unlimited power of government. Um, so that's kind of the, uh, the philosophy behind the, the reason that we have these various branches of government. Um, now, let's go a little bit deeper on the legislative branch. So we talked about the Senate and the House of Representatives. Tim, um, can you tell us a little bit about a Senate versus a House of Representatives?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> so the House of Representatives is uh, probably more intuitive how how it works. It's um, it's based on population. You have um, e- each um, each state, based on its population, is allotted so many seats to send representatives in the House of Representatives. So the more uh, it, it's just representation of the population. So. Everyone living in the United States um, has uh, someone representing them in the House of Representatives, I guess, with the exception of Washington, D.C., which is interesting, but we're going to talk about that later. Um, And so the when but the Senate is different. The Senate is not a population based um, body. It's based on the states. So each state, large or small, has two senators so there are 100 senators in the um in the senate and there's you know hundreds of representatives in the house of representatives um each uh anyways i suppose that's good enough for a start is that yeah yeah exactly. and then legislation coming out of congress needs to pass both houses both chambers um right
0: uh, exactly yeah and and um so I a couple I guess more uh side notes than actual additions to what you're saying Tim but the I think once upon a time early on in the history of the United States the the federal Senate the the Senate that most of us talk about when we talk about the Senate um was not democratically elected. Am I getting is anyone uh,
1: Correct the confirm right? Yeah senators would uh, originally were rep, were elected by um uh, I'm not sure if it's the same electors who elect the president, um, but, but yeah, they were not directly elected by the, um, by the people. It would have been, um, so it, it would have been more a state um, affair. So the, the electors elected by the people of the state would then elect the senators. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the same electors who elect the president and still do, but. Um, and then at some point, I, I can't remember the date when they they changed that to make senators uh, a populace-based uh, right. representatives where the uh, the popular vote outright um, determines the state senators.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so that what they're uh, what Tim referenced there also. So, so that used to be the case with senators that they weren't elected direct, directly democratically and now they are. Uh, that's all. It's always been the case that the House of Representatives has been elected democratically, meaning everyone votes and whoever gets the most votes wins that the that seat in the House of Representatives for that uh, that district. <clears throat> the president of the United States is still not voted, uh, not directly voted for uh, and that makes a lot of people very angry <laughs> and i'm not here i'm not here to give any opinion on whether or not the uh, electoral college is anything in, I'm, I'm not here to give that opinion what i am here is to explain what the, ele- the electoral college the the reason behind it originally um is that once again this this tug of war between the federal and state governments the idea that uh, and this idea that you know the the we want a republic we want to vote for people that will vote for laws and and so this case it was let's vote for people that will vote for the president um and so it's this idea of giving more power to the states versus the federal government and and more power to um you know these these elected electors that will go to the electoral college and then decide on who should be the president um based generally on on you know their the the will of the people but uh, electors were not always required to vote for who their state voted for um i think most states now have written into their law that their electors do have to do that if i'm not mistaken Anyway, it is a it, bit of a tangled mess, um, <laughs> at least in my mind.
1: And and I think it's worth noting that there are two two reasons that people, or I suppose there's more than that, but I think there's two major ones that I'm aware of why people take issue with the Electoral College. Uh, the one I think is more a, a philosophical thing, where where people take umbrage with the fact that you know their their vote doesn't officially count for voting for the president, that it's, you know, an elector who's voting it and people don't like that. Um, the, there's a, also, a, a, this is, I think, relatively recent, but there's been uh, the, lots of debate because recently, I mean, historically, it's been kind of a, a non-factor. You know, your, the popular vote and the the um electoral college votes have always gone the same way but um it, recently in in recent elections there's been uh, uh i guess a few where a few, um, yeah. <laughs> the popular vote has gone one way but the electoral vote has gone another way and and i think we need to keep in mind that's that's not because the electoral vote wasn't representing the um the the people who you know who elected them in each state Uh, so it wasn't like some failing in the electoral college system but it's the fact that because the the electoral college system results in um, the awarding of votes based on states you can have some states where one candidate is overwhelmingly um, supported and you know that candidate gets those votes but if another candidate the other candidate gets a whole bunch of closely contested states then you ha- you can have a situation where the the first candidate had a whole lot more votes but because um the other candidate got a lot of closely contested states they had fewer votes but ended up with more electoral college votes and, and with the with the presidency right yeah, and, and so the, the Electoral College, like
0: we, we could talk about it for quite a while, I think. Um, generally, the, the number of electors that you have from your state is the number of senators plus the number of house seats. Um, and those are generally, the the, award, the the votes of those electors are generally awarded on a winner-take-all, like Tim was just talking about, meaning whoever wins the, the majority of the vote for president in your state wins all of the votes for the electors. And they don't aren't generally divvied out proportionally to the, the number uh, of mm-hmm. the percentage of votes that a particular candidate got. It's just whoever got the most gets all the electoral. So in my state, in California, we have a very large number of house of representative seats because there turns out a lot of people in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, when California votes for president, uh, whoever gets the most votes in the state of California gets all of the electoral votes. So uh, that can, like Tim said, make you feel like, okay, well, my. that's one scenario where you can say, okay, well, my vote doesn't count. But the other flip side of that is, well, if we voted dr- directly democratically, then the people uh, that live uh, in smaller states or, or rural areas will feel like, okay, well, whatever Los Angeles votes for is going to be the president. Um, <laughs> so... Um, anyway, it's a very, there's a lot going on in the electoral system. And like I said, I'm not telling you how to feel about it, just what it does and that it's still a thing. Um, all right. So as far as the the Senate, we said, uh, that's the, they, the Senate and the House of Representatives have a role in the legislative branch and in the process, um, and the Senate and the House both have to re- uh, pass these bills. Uh, to make them become law, at which point it goes on the executive branch of the president or the governor. Uh, so each state has their own uh, Senate and House of Representatives. And each and then obviously at the federal level, we have a, a, a Senate and a House of Representatives. Um, now, this is when we get, so at the, at the federal level, the Senate is just two seats per state. Uh, that's something you learn in high school, all those things. It's very simple to understand. And the House of Representatives is the trickier thing um, as far as, well, how many representatives do I get in the state of California versus how many in the state of Arizona or Utah or w- whatever, Illinois, H- how do we determine how many seats I get in my, I- I- from my state in the federal government? And that's determined by uh, the census. And so that's, uh, when the, the United States government goes out and makes, does a census, it tries to count the number
1: of people in each state. Um, The census is the biggest thing in counting since kindergarten. (laughs) Thank you, Tim. You're welcome.
0: Uh, (laughs) uh, Right. So uh, it is important. And then uh, this census happens every four to six years or something like that. I don't don't remember actually. Ten. I was close. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Every ten years. So that's when new seats can be awarded to a state and or if you've lost population, you lose House of Representative seats. Um, and so the census is a big deal as far as awarding those uh, seats in the government. Um, uh, the other tricky thing, though, <laughs> uh, is then once a certain number of seats are awarded to a state, you have to then figure out which representatives represent which areas. Oh, Jerry and, Ah, yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's when you get to this uh, idea of creating districts inside a particular area, right? Inside states, in this case. So inside the state, I need to create a particular district. Well, how am I gonna create that district? And who's gonna create that district? And then very quickly, that becomes this political question of, well, can I create a district that will be advantageous to a particular political party and that that's, becomes
2: that is the suspicion that is not how well right In, initially I, mean,
0: I don't think that was the idea
2: but that yeah, is what it's
0: become it, right. well
2: even even then i mean that that is yeah when when that happens and that is called gerrymandering that's a bad thing um, right that's Generally, not necessarily it, the norm Many places employ a bipartisan bipartisan commission to try to prevent that where, um, you know, multiple parties agree on the districts in order to prevent either that occurring or to present prevent the perception of that occurring.
1: And there is a, a simple way to kind of kind of determine whether gerrymandering has happened is. The, what you do is, if you look at it, and if the results favor your party, then it wasn't gerrymandering, and if they don't, then it clearly was. So.
2: That is sarcasm, but unfortunately, we have to say that because <laughs> it would be nice if more people didn't believe that. But whatever.
1: Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Thanks for uh, making it clear, Matt. I suppose we it's best. <laughs> yep. So it's
0: true. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yes, it's re- districting and redistricting. Redistrict- like Matt said, if it's done by part in a bipartisan fashion and bipartisan, the word bipartisan means that that uh, uh, or both parties, multiple parties,
2: parties right? because right. by means two, and two. there's not necessarily just two parties. That's true. Uh,
0: so. a, you you could uh, yeah.
2: I don't know the other.
0: Term that would be applicable, I guess, would be unanimous uh, or, or just not political. Um, a political decision, though, is going to, by nature, bear some some taints of uh, some uh, hue of of uh, pol- uh, politics. And so well, it's I
2: mean, that's um, why we appoint people to be in government is to make decisions. Every right. decision made is going to be a reflection of the judgment of the values Of those people that's why when you're voting for a representative or you're voting for a judge or an executive uh understand that they're going to make their decisions and you select your voter or the candidate for whom you vote based on whether or not their values generally align with yours and you know by and large that's what happens um or at least Anyway, that's the theory, right?
0: Yeah, that's the idea behind a republic in general, right? Is that right. they you'll have a certain amount of time to gather information about a candidate, right? That That's the time where they're running for office and where you'll be able to gather what they think of a particular. Uh, yeah, a particular political issue. Uh, however, once you elect them, things will come up that they did not r- campaign on, that they didn't run on and. uh that's why you need to know the political uh, the values of the person that you're voting for matter in a republic, uh, as well as the particular uh, political questions of the day. It's a multifaceted thing. So, okay. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk. So I was we talked about districting and 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 then the issue that becomes gerrymandering, which is trying to protect, create districts. Uh, to the advantage for the advantage of your political party, the political party that's in power, that is that has the the responsibility to do the districting, uh, uh, the creating these, you know, House representative districts. Um, if they then say, OK, well, I want this area for, for my district because it's votes this way more often. Uh, that's gerrymandering. Right. So uh, if you when so now, you know what that term is. But let's go back to um, the Senate. And the House and um, the idea that uh, these uh, – um, the, uh, well, at this point, I guess for all elected officials, any elected official ha- can and is still um, a uh, part of a public office. And so as such, it has to answer to the people. And there are various mechanisms that are in place in the American government in order to hold them responsible for particular Uh, either crimes or whatever else, and that's uh, impeachment, right? Impeachment or recall. Um, California is famous for recalling. Um, (laughs) We've done it a few times, uh, uh, recalling our governor. And and so a recall is a uh, grass, generally it's a grassroots effort to say that, oh, we don't, this person is doing such a bad job in the government uh, that we want to, um, pull them out of office. So in the United States, you have a particular term that you're elected for, right? Governors are elected for four years. Senators are elected for, at least federal uh, senators are elected for six years. And House of Representatives uh, uh, is elected for two years. And uh, if, however, during this term of service, they're doing not only a bad job, but a a job that you think warrants them to be taken from office, uh, you can recall them. Uh, at least in some states that that mechanism exists where you can take them down and that's uh they have to sign a petition in the state of california that a certain percentage or a certain number of people have to sign a petition at which point it goes through a an election a recall election and and you can if uh, they are then recalled by the majority of the people that vote they will be pulled out of office and a new leader a new you know person will be put in that position to uh, take the remainder of that term of service. Um, so that is a recall. Uh, like I said, that's, I think that depends on the different states that have different laws for how to recall someone and, and all those uh, questions. But that's one mode of holding a elected official res- uh, responsible and uh, accountable for the decisions while in office. And the other uh, is, is more of another function of government which is a type of impeachment, um, which we've seen recently also, yep. uh, imp- what, what was that, Tim?
1: Oh, um, you know, that impeachment is, is, uh, the, the trial to see a, if about removing them. Uh, so impeachment isn't the removal itself. So right. a, a, an off official can be impeached, but then not removed from office. Correct. Or impeached Correct. and removed from office, depending on the result of the impeachment. Yes,
0: exactly. So uh, it, it is just a formal process of, uh, of of holding an elected official accountable. And they said that removal from office is also a something that lies. in this case, we're, we're discussing what happened uh, in the year 20. A few years ago, when did this happen? 2020 with the, uh, President Trump uh, and the impeachment Which proceedings. Time. Yeah, there,
1: there were two. <laughs> okay, right. So there was exactly. the one in 2020 and the one in 20, uh, was it 2018 or 19. I don't remember either. Um,
0: and and so then the, the Senate uh, votes for impeachment uh, and the House votes for impeachment. And, and so the, each body of the legislative branch can decide whether or not to impeach and then whether or not to remove. Uh,
3: so, okay. So interesting enough, the state that I live in does not allow recalls
0: does it not okay i was going to say i'm okay. actually sure that all states do so you're saying yeah. utah does not then cameron
3: it does not that's that's what google is telling me interesting do not allow recalls here
0: hmm. okay and and i know that in, like i said other countries like I, I and i don't know enough about the system of governments in other countries to really speak uh, edu- in an educated fashion but I know there's like snap elections in, in the, some European countries that, that can just be called to to deal with a particular party or, or per person in power that, that can then vote them out. And it's not necessarily the whole term of, you know, it's whenever this snap election process, this, pro, this process is triggered and that's when uh, – They vote, but like I said, I can't speak intelligently about what that process looks like or how those elections get triggered.
1: You know, I'll just um, comment a little bit on that. I I happened to be in England when um, in the snap election that uh, when Theresa May was elected uh, or prime minister, and it was a um, so so in this case, it was a, um, a vote of confidence. That election, the, the prime minister, I forget his name, Tony or something. I, Tony Blair. Tony Blair. Maybe it was that the one before Theresa May. Mm, well, I'm not sure. Whatever. In any case, he um, he had pledged to uh, I <laughs> Brits. You'll have to give the you know, you can comment on the real the real story. But something about it was about Brexit. And Tony Blair had basically said, hey, if if the people will vote for it, then I will, I will basically stand at we'll, we'll have a, I'll go a, a, a snap election for my replacement. And, and, uh, it, uh, it was kind of a, a gamble and he lost. And so they had ended up doing a new election. He kind of lost his, his conf, the confidence of, of parliament or, or however it works. So they had a new election and, and the prime minister, is not, you know, easily confused with a president for Americans because it's the highest political office in in the country. But the prime minister is not, um, as I understand, is not, you know, elected by the people, but is rather a um, chosen by the by the party, the ruling party, the the party that is in control of the parliament. The, it's the leader of that party who is the prime minister does that can anyone verify make sure i'm not totally ruining parliamentary government function yeah i don't know but i did want to make a quick
0: outside tony blair was prime minister quite a while ago so if we're talking about uh brexit you're thinking of boris johnson
1: no 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 it was it was before so johnson replaced theresa may it was before Correct. theresa may David boris Cameron. johnson also lost confidence after a scandal, and so they a uh, new snap election to for right. our new um, the new prime minister. So I guess right. it's this
2: is a fascinating it, look at American government here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as we, English, as we unintelligently British American, discuss
0: you know.
1: British politics, let's quickly also discuss the pound. Um, <laughs> I think the Brits would be quick to note that most of American government is based on. British, you know, tradition, British common law, and uh, there is a fair
0: amount of, of, yes, of of British influence in the the American government, obviously. (laughs) Um, Okay, so back to American government. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so um, let's hit one or two more things here. Uh, The the executive branch, the president, also has the responsibility to be. uh, the commander-in-chief. So they are in charge of the United States military um, and they are the well, the commander, obviously. They're uh, And uh, so that's a, a a role of the, a very obviously important role of the executive branch. Um, now, as far as voting is concerned, and this is once again, been, been all over the news in the last couple of years in the United States, the states set the requirements to vote. Um, and so different states have different requirements as far as what you need in order to register to vote and how the process to vote. Um, and so that is important as a citizen of the United States or, or someone that lives in the United States to go through the process of figuring out, well, how do I vote? Um, because while it is true that uh, in this, this uh, country of over 330 million people, uh it is there there's a lot of votes out there. So your individual vote is just one of 330 million. Uh, your you being an educated uh, member of the the uh, country is a, a reflection of you know of the country. And so if we can all educate ourselves on uh, what's going to be best for our political system, for our government, uh, then I believe that the way that uh, the, we vote will be more representative of the things that we want to accomplish as a, com- as a country. So, voter registration is very important. So, take the time. In most in most states, uh, it's quite easy. Um, there are uh, nonprofit organizations out there that help you get registered to vote. And so, if you haven't done that, go ahead and, and you know spend probably ten minutes doing it. Um, and, uh, and if, if there are voter laws that you that you don't agree with on the books in your state, one way or the other, you know, make that a priority because um, it's important that, that, like I said, we take the responsibility for the government and voting is where it comes down to at the, at the individual level of making sure that we both uh, w- uh, try to identify the system that we want to run in our country and also the individuals that we want to run that system. Um, and so... Uh, voting is generally every 2 years uh in the united states you'll have um a federal or a state um election every 2 years and sometimes more than that um and on those ballots there'll be the federal level there'll be the state level and there'll be community level or you know uh county or or city whatever wherever um You live there all all of those different levels of government will be represented and uh it's really easy to google your um federal level uh uh, candidates and find out information about you know your uh candidates for president obviously or senate even house of representatives at the federal level it becomes more complicated as you move down the chain because like i said most of the press goes to those higher federal uh levels because they affect all americans um, as you move down to your state and then to your county or city, uh, the amount of information on the Internet or av- readily available is is significantly less. And so then it becomes a question of how much, you know, how do I find out that information? Where where can I go to get um, reliable information about the local candidates? Because it turns out, <laughs> well, the federal officials do matter. And, and your elected, uh, you know, senator or house or representative uh, is an important thing to consider, uh, your city makes a big difference. <laughs> so, uh, who you vote for, for mayor or city council or, um, auditor, all those different things, uh, that matters as well. So, um, take the time to try to identify the material that's out there and, uh, and find who's going to rep- represent, represent your values at,
1: at your city level. And, and you can, uh, uh, you can turn to uh, reliable mailers and political signs and billboards to get good <laughs> information on on the facts.
0: Best way That's to vote, vote is yeah, count the number of of signs.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's yeah. really my my wife hates uh, election season because of the you know the proliferation of of you know wacky signs and and stuff that comes in the mail spam text and whatever but i find um, in arizona at least the um <clears throat> the the state government the secretary of state actually compiles a a booklet and sends it out um so and it gives uh candidates a chance to speak for themselves um it, it gives a rundown of of you know items on the ballot and and what's going on and so it you know, it's not too hard to get at least a basic feel for as long as you're willing to read a bit um, in other states, and other areas, you might have to try looking things up. But generally, if you if you go to like a your state government website, you can find something on the elections and inform yourself. Right. See, Cameron, you, 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 start, you guys are saying these words like study, read. That's
3: that's scary
1: stuff for a lot of people out there. (laughs) Another trick is to just uh, find a reliable source, like learn it from a layman and just do what they tell you.
0: (laughs) Generally, you want to watch out for uh, allowing social media and or podcasts to tell you who to vote for. However, in this case, (laughs) no, uh, I just said
1: that you can trust us.
3: That's right. Um, You can trust us that we will agree with whatever you choose to agree with. That's right. I do. I do. This
0: anecdote, though, uh, when I was an 18 year old, uh, we had the first election, right? The first election I was old enough to vote in, uh, vote at the age of uh, being able to vote. The United States is 18. So I turned 18. It was time to vote. And I'm an 18 year old college student. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't have enough time to do my homework, much less figure out who to vote for. Um, And so what I did and what I, I I'd say it, you turn to the most reliable person that you know well, so my, uh, that, that you have access to that lives in your area, right? Um, so what I did is I went to my grandpa, <laughs> and I said, what was that, Cameron?
3: Is it that so you turned to Tim and asked him? <laughs>
1: well, right. I,
0: yes, and then I just, vote well, the exact opposite of what Tim says. <laughs> um, <laughs> You've
1: revealed the secret.
0: <laughs> no, I went to my grandpa. And I said, Grandpa, I'm going to go vote. Tell me who you voted for. (laughs) And he went as as he was a very wise man. He not only told me who he voted for or but why he voted for them. He's a very thoughtful man. um, And so I felt very good just doubling up his vote. (laughs) And so that's what I did. And so if you are a college student out there overwhelmed by uh, the amount of things you have to do in your life or maybe not even just a college student. Whatever the scenario you are in your life and, and you say, I don't have find someone that you trust a lot and say, OK, what do you think about this? And and that is at least something that's at least an intelligent way to, to try to approach it. I do think ideally, you know, you you have some time and spend a couple hours digging in to, to at least some of this. But if if you can do nothing else, <laughs> find someone that you really admire and and go look to what they what they're doing so
3: um that doesn't that does seem smart
0: yeah okay i'm sure there are many th- parts of american government that we have uh, not even talked about um however
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry to tell the civics teachers listening and saying what <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: i think we're gonna wrap it up here um tim any final words
1: yeah you know, i just want to say two things on a, of a philosophical nature uh one there's um Certainly, a lot of uh, polarized rhetoric and anger that is floating around in American um, political discourse recently, you know, especially in the last ten to twenty years. Um, And I just want to encourage people listening to uh, don't give in to cynicism and never check out of the system. I I think one of the things that makes the American experiment in government great is its resilience. Uh, We're the oldest constitutional um, uh, representative government in the world. And I I think a big reason for that is because uh, we believe in what we're doing. And um, and it. In spite of deep, deep differences um, across the you know in the political spectrum and in, in different parties, there's I, I feel like the large majority of Americans still um, believe deeply that um, the the way we run our country is a, is a gift and an opportunity. And so don't give in um to the those cynical demons that um and sometimes it's hard not to do that you know i think two years ago when i saw the footage of the storming of the u.s capitol and it was just mind-boggling and and um, you know terrible and and you it's apocalyptic in appearance and you start to think you know is is this the end or is this the beginning of the end and i'm i'm convinced that that is certainly not the case if you study american history you'll see that at at many stages in our history, there were, uh, you know, there was uproar, there was uh, terrible divides, um, you know, nasty, nasty rhetoric, um, including stuff that is just as bad or worse than the things we see today. And, um, but we, we continue to have faith in our system. To have faith in our, if not in our government, in the sense of the people we've elected to run it, um, or, or, or I, I might say the people that all those dweebs elected to run it because I didn't vote for that person. <laughs> but we still have faith in the government, uh, the institution that has been established and has um, has functioned as a caretaker of our our civic um uh, community for, you know, more than 200 years now. And so, so anyways, keep participating, um, and keep your chin up and, and, uh, don't, don't believe for a second that, uh, that, um, you know, this, this can't work. We, we can continue to make our, our, um, our community and our society work for the general good. And, and one last thing I'll say, learn to love the people you disagree with um, on, on both sides of the aisle, because it, it is possible and indeed it's impossible not to have good people who see the same issue very differently. And so ne- never give in to those voices who say that the people who disagree with you have to be bad. Um, that's a that is a, a par- rhetorical parlor trick. Um, designed to stir up your anger and and make you do things that or say things that don't need to be done or said. Anyway, sorry, blah blah blah. I'm done.
0: Uh, roll the patriotic, patriotic music.
1: Yes, that's right. <laughs> get the, can we get some footage of a of a flag waving in the breeze? that be. That's right. Tim for something. Yes, uh, um, you can vote for me at the next uh, election. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, Matt, any uh, words of wisdom? I think we've had about as
2: all the wisdom that we can stand here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was gently put and uh, very true, very true. <laughs> okay, right.
3: And Cameron? Be nice to people. It goes a long way. Good, good. Hear, hear. Yes. And as uh,
0: the great renowned philosopher Uncle Ben said with great power, comes great responsibility there you go if that wasn't somebody else first but uh he certainly said it so i'm gonna give it to you know <laughs> spider-man's Thank you, uncle ben
1: <laughs> um, um, i vote for uncle ben
0: <laughs> okay well hopefully this has been at least a bit educational uh, hopefully if you didn't know these things uh there you're a little more familiar with them and maybe get a little refresher course um like I said, uh, share this podcast with friends. Um, let us know what you think and if there are particular subjects in, in uh, any field. Because obviously we can handle any of them uh, that you'd like us to cover. <laughs> uh, and or ones I'll that also we've share gotten wrong.
3: With your enemies and see how that happens too. You know. <laughs> maybe <right>. especially. <laughs> maybe especially with, with your
0: enemies. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you never know.
0: All right. Well, thank you. We'll be back in next podcast. Until then, see ya.